Without a doubt, I mean, we always, we always know deep down what our deepest truth is and what our deepest desire is. We can pretend to not see it and turn a blind eye, but deep down, we always know what the best decision is for us to make. We're just too scared, too fearful to be making that decision, you know, because maybe we don't, we don't have the self-confidence or the belief in ourselves to make the decision that will serve us in our best interests. And another thing is like, you know, having so many choices in the world these days. So for example, 50 years ago, you had maybe uh, 20 cars on the market to choose from. Nowadays, you've got about 20,000 different cars and models to choose from. When you're faced with so many different inputs, so many different choices, that's also going to develop a bit of fear and anxiety because you see so many different options out there like, this is great for me, this is exactly what I need. Like, these are the pros and cons of each of these things. You know, then we suddenly start becoming fearful, like, okay, what if I don't choose the one that's best for me? And then you make that decision, then you start getting even more fearful. You're like, oh no, but like, what if the other one would have served me better because I'm using this one now and it's not the way I thought it would be. Just by having all these choices in the world as we progress, it keeps on making things harder and harder. The same applies to like life insurance, car insurance, you know, different types of bread you can buy in a shop. We just have limitless choice. And I think that definitely breeds fear in a sense. Fear can also be addictive. You get people who go out there actively searching for fear. So like in this sense, I'm talking about adrenaline junkies, you know, they thrive off of that biochemical reaction that pulses through our bodies when we experience something, you know, fearful. So we go bungee jumping, it's a very high height. Our body knows if we fall off here, we're going to die. We jump off there anywhere to get that rush of emotions, that adrenaline coursing through our veins. And Beyond that, I mean, people can develop anxiety disorders as well, which in a sense is an addiction to fear. You know, it's constantly wanting to know what the answer is, constantly wanting to doubt yourself. You, and it's a very difficult process to get out of. Fear can be used for the right purposes. We need to know how to harness fear so that we can avoid getting stuck into traps, you know, like anxiety and all these negative thinking patterns that just breed fear. and. Beyond that, we need to try to keep our choices as limited as possible. Like the fewer choices we have, ultimately the less fear we're going to experience and the more happiness we can achieve in life, essentially. Yes, touching on that topic, I think Poor Father Kai there had great points and I hope all of you resonated with them as deeply as I did. So essentially with the stage one of how we can start eliminating fears, it's going to be a two-stage process. Obviously, it's not that easy, but it's, it's a start. And the first stage you need to be aware of is you living the life. You are living a life. You're projecting an image of what you want people to see of you in this world. And we all do it. Of course we do. We unconsciously do it. You know, as a child, a child is authentic. What does authentic mean? We keep talking about authentic. Authentic means truthful to self, knowing self and being truthful to self, not allowing other people's opinions and beliefs alter your behavior, alter your mood, alter your dreams. And essentially, you need to know that you are living a lie. So the world is merely a projection of our inner turmoil. Essentially, you look at the world right now, it is in turmoil. And there are a lot of people in fear. They project this out into the world. Their biasness, their stereotypical sort of outlook. And, and it's, it's a collective work. consciousness thing exactly. as well. So many people have the same fears and then it manifests into something in the real world. That is very true. So change your inner world. 
So see, you, you might see yourself as a kind of generous person like you have literally touched on. But in fact, you live in fear of scarcity and fear of prosperity. So what I suggest is you ask your friends. You have close friends. You should have close friends. And if you don't have close friends, start getting close friends because we've realized more and more recently how having one or two great friends that you can confide in and be honest with is authentically a much greater power of relationship than you have with maybe 200 acquaintances. So ask your friends truthfully and they see your behavior as maybe selfish or self-interested and they have the decency to tell you and you know that they'll speak to you truthfully. You have their honesty and their courage. So the shadows that were once in the realm of the subconscious have now moved into the realm of the conscious. Now you're consciously aware that you have been living a lie, that you have been living in fear and that your fear has now been projected onto your friends and your relationships. So the self-examination of self is the first step really to personal greatness. Now if we talk about the second step, the second step is essentially where you get to the choice point. So now you have a new awareness, of course. Um, you have new choices because now you've seen I have the choice either to be self-interested or I have the choice to be more generous. I have the choice. Will I feel fear today or will I move through that fear and be courageous? So this new awareness is actually developed through new choices and now you're, you must be willing to make them. There's nothing that's going to come in life without willingness, without willpower and self-discipline. So the more giving and the refusal to act in selfish ways, the, new, the more new choices you're going to have, which is going to change your thoughts, changes in ways that you think, changes in ways that you have acted, and then your life will then change. That is essentially a small little process that will work for everyone. And you need to be comfortable with what life has to give you, essentially. You need to be comfortable with what comes your way. You need tools to embrace life. So what I like to talk about with my mom is we like to say, you're responsible for the effort and your higher power, the outcome. Higher power is the force that created everything. And another one is do your best and let life do the rest. Essentially, just surrender, let go, relax. It's okay to feel fear, but don't let fear drive you and be a priority in your life in terms of feeling. Very good. Very well said. I mean, there's an age old statement that says what you resist will persist. And that ties in perfectly to fear as well. So looking at how this can develop and become an issue in your everyday life. So say, for example, you are worried about a specific outcome, an outcome that literally you just fabricated out of thin air in your mind. You're like, okay, but what if this happens down the line? You know, what if I get cancer when I'm 55 years old? Just as an example, then Basically, what happens in your mind is your mind is constantly going to be giving this thought energy. You're constantly going to be projecting energy towards this thought and what's going to happen. The thought's going to grow. The thought's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're going to carry on stressing about something that was that is now an issue in your life. It's something you're actively afraid of, which if you'd never given that thought the energy in the first place, you wouldn't have had this issue at this point in life now. To sum it up nicely, what Kaya is telling everyone is, that the minute you put energy into a thought, it creates emotion. Is it not an act? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yes, that will create emotion then. Because if we emotion, combine the yeah, two, yeah. energy goes into motion, it creates emotion, which is the fear. Also, like what I said earlier about uh, things manifesting in the physical world, that could be very well as a result of having these thoughts, you know, building up this idea about this completely non-realistic thing just giving it energy to the point that it grows and grows and grows and now it's there, it's an issue. 
And like, you know, there's also the... It appears real. Process. Yeah, exactly. False evidence appearing real. That is exactly it. There's yeah. also the, the process of thought, word, action. So you think of something, you say it out loud, and then the action will naturally follow. It's just the way that the universe works. So the thought is obviously the most basic level of creation. And then from that, you know, if you have thoughts that are fearful, you're going to speak words that are, you know, reminiscent of that. You're going to be projecting this fear out. And the more fear that's being spread, the more fearful the whole collective consciousness is going to be spread. So say if you have a big group of people, all with a very similar fear, all have the same worries and everything, and this fear constantly gets bounced around, it's going to happen at some point that this fear actually manifests into what they most feared because of all the energy that has been put into actively avoiding this. And like by avoiding it, you create a clearer and clearer image in your mind of what the problem actually is. I don't know if that made sense. That made perfect sense. That really did, bro. I mean, we've seen it on a daily basis how fear has manifested itself into society and constantly amidst this global pandemic, how people have isolated themselves, not spoken to one another. And it's all regarding a disease that we cannot see or feel until we recover from the symptoms or feel the symptoms. That's essentially what fear is as well. It can also be seen as a virus, you know, that's attacking humanity as it is makes you feel uncomfortable, as does coronavirus does. And essentially, it can also be passed on. It's viral. Fear is viral through act, through word. You've seen it and we felt it. But enough of this down talk. I feel like we should have some motivation for our, for our listeners. And I just oh, want to yeah. tell everyone that we are not here on this earth by chance. We are here for a purpose. That purpose is to grow into a mountain. We're not going to shrink to a grain of sand. Not at all. We're not going to allow our fear to dictate our dreams. It's not going to thwart us any longer. And therefore, person who lives and plays to his or her highest game as a human being and walks an authentic mission, it's a person who's in love with him or herself. You've got to devote time to yourself. You've got to love yourself. You've got to embrace every single physical aspect of self in order to create and grow into the person that you envision yourself to be. Those dreams that you have of yourself, strive for them. Reach them. You can have them. There's no one stopping you. You are only stopping yourself. Be the resemblance. Be the example. Be the burden of light. In a time of darkness, lead the way for everyone else. People are trapped in darkness currently. And it's all within the confines of their mind. Deep respect for self and the nature that created us is essentially where we need to start getting. Self-examination, first step to self-greatness. Start examining yourselves, people. Really. And me and Kai are by no means on a different path to you. We are essentially all on one path, taking different routes of this one path. And it's the amazing beauty of life. There's such a spectrum. And we're not coming from a place of superiority. We are on a mountain peak such as yourself. And when we look up, we are seeing many more peaks to climb. So it's not climbing those peaks. It's not about self-improvement. It's about self-remembrance. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to reclaim our original nature when we came into this world. Fearlessness, courageous, happy, love, eternal. That is the power that created us. That is the power to which we must get to. And that's what an enlightened being is. It's unlearning. All these belief systems that our parents have passed on, that society has passed on of fear, it doesn't exist. Stop believing in them. Stop breaking down these structures of fear that you have built these structures on top of. The last point I'll make is living an excellent life is obviously a manifestation of self-love. You need to understand that the most spiritual growth is going to come at times of pain and suffering. That is the necessary concomitant for spiritual growth. 
So embrace the pain, embrace the suffering. The more you endure it, the more you become resistant to it. And you need to change your perspective and understand your wants and needs mean nothing. We will never understand the logic of this universe. Therefore, embrace it. Embrace the journey. Embrace the turns. Expect the unexpected. And just trust the process as well. I mean, everything is exactly the way it should be. You know, if you can start seeing the light in the darkness, if you can see, start seeing the darkness in the light, then you're going to start getting a better picture, you know. Like, I mean, when you, when you experience something bad or seemingly bad, you can't tell at that moment whether it's bad or not. So there was a story that I told you maybe a week or so ago about an old farmer, old Chinese farmer working in his field. And one day a wild horse gets stuck on the land and the wild horse was like, okay, cool, I'm going to stay right here. I don't want to go anywhere. So then his neighbors come past and they're like, oh, lucky man, you've got a horse. And he's like, yep, maybe, maybe I'm lucky, maybe I'm not. Anyway, the next day the farmer's son sees the horse and he's like, okay, cool, I'm going to try to ride this bad boy. And, uh, he gets on the horse and the horse bucks him off and the son breaks his arm. So again, the neighbors come around to the farmer's place and they say, wow, this is terribly unlucky. I can't believe this happened to you. And the farmer said, yeah, maybe. And then on the third day, the Chinese army came around trying to look for young men to fight in the army. And the son obviously couldn't go fight because he'd broken his arm from falling off the horse. And the Neighbors came around again and they said, oh, you're so lucky your son doesn't have to go fight in the army. So again, the farmer said, yeah, maybe. So basically the moral of the story is that you can't judge a situation in your present moment. You can't say in the bigger picture, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I can guarantee you pretty much every single time you have an experience that's seemingly bad, you asked for it. You're asking for a certain outcome, but to get to the certain outcome, you have to go through a certain process to prepare you for what you really want. So you can use literally anything bad in your life to condition you for the outcomes. You must start looking for or start looking at the bigger picture, start trusting in the process and knowing that you're going to get exactly to where you want to be one day. And, you know, this is a very difficult thing really to incorporate into our lives because obviously we've got the fear of the unknown and it's quite difficult putting your trust in nothing essentially. But at the same time, everything, because the universe is, you know, nothing and everything at the same time, a bit of the divine dichotomy over there. So it's difficult to put faith into the process and just let go of everything completely. And often people will find that by letting go, you can eliminate or greatly reduce fear at least. No, 100%. You know, I would like to think, you know, the minute you wake up every morning, I would like you to start instilling a thought into your head. If this were to be my very last day on this earth, how would I live it today? You know, if this, if you treat it every single day, which essentially that it could be your last day, you wouldn't know. No, That's life can, it can get taken away like that, from you. Yeah. You know, it can get taken away from you so very quickly. So approach each day with that mindset. What can I do today to contribute to this earth for one last time? What can I do? Yeah. So I'm going to read everyone a reading just to say goodbye. And it's by Melody BT. Um, I will give you more of an insight to in the next podcast, but I read a lot of her readings and I really enjoy them. They resonate with me. So fear is at the core of codependency. It can motivate us to control situations or neglect ourselves. Many of us have been afraid for so long that we don't label our feelings fear. We're used to feeling upset and anxious. It feels normal. Peace and serenity may be uncomfortable. At one time, fear may have been appropriate and useful. We may have relied on fear to protect ourselves much the way soldiers in a war rely on fear to help them survive. But now in recovery, we're living life differently. 
It's time to thank our old fears for helping us survive, then wave goodbye to them. Welcome peace, trust, acceptance and safety. We don't need that much fear anymore. We can listen to our healthy fears and let the rest of them go. We can create a feeling of safety for ourselves now. We are safe now. We've made a commitment to take care of ourselves. We can trust and love ourselves. God, our higher power, Krishna, whatever you want to call him, or her, whatever it is, help me let go of my need to be afraid. Replace it with the need to be at peace. Help me listen to my healthy fears and relinquish the rest. Namaste. <laughs> Beautiful. Just before we end there, but I think we should also just share how to break out of fear because like, you know, with this whole neuroplasticity thing going on, it's easy to, to get stuck in these fear loops almost and you keep going around in circles. So it's important to remember that it's a natural human emotion, just like happiness is, just as love is, you know, it's part of the human experience. You need to first come to terms with that and accept it's fine to be afraid. It's okay to experience fear then, you know, there's, there's little exercises we can do to push our comfort zone. So if you aim every single day to push your comfort zone just a little bit, we can start expanding our comfort zones and we start becoming more fearless. And fear will also only exist until we actually confront the fear. So like you said earlier about approaching someone to ask for the matric dance, as soon as you know the outcome, you're not scared anymore. You, you don't have that fear because you know what the outcome is. So if you can confront the fear and just face it head on, and you can experience the outcome for yourself, you'll lose that fear straight away. So if you go bungee jumping once, your fear of bungee jumping will be eliminated because you come out of it fine. You're like, cool, great, I'm, I'm still good, I'm still okay. It's also important to overcome fear because living lives of constant fear can start destroying our spirits and start sucking our happiness out of everything because after a while, we'll start making our decisions based on fear, not out of love. If we make decisions out of fear, it's not going to be in our best interest. We're not going to experience the full versions of who we are. It's also important to stop feeding the fear. So it's also easier said than done, but we can't let these seeds or these, these seeds of thought grow and manifest in our brains. Because like I said earlier, what you resist will persist. If you put more energy into these thoughts, they're going to grow and they're going to become a bigger issue in your mind. And lastly, it's important to have a good morning practice because we're most mentally vulnerable and mentally fertile in the mornings. So by changing your diet, and I don't just mean by what you eat, I'm talking about also what you watch, what you read, who you spend your time with, basically any input to your five senses, be aware of that. Make sure that you're not, you know, reading the, all of the news, negative news first thing in the morning, you know, hearing about another 5,000 people that have died from coronavirus. It's not going to set you off to a good start to the day. So instead of, you know, scrolling through social media, um, maybe that will also promote feelings of like, you know, fear of success when you see all these other successful, seemingly successful, successful people on social media. <laughs> Do you hear that? <laughs> um, so it's important to, to really plant seeds of growth in the morning. <laughs> um, it's important to, to try doing, try mindful activities like reading something nice or meditating to have a perfect start to your day and help eliminating fear in the bigger picture. 100%. I felt, I feel, you know, what's actually really essential is writing. You know, people, please write down what you're feeling. The first thing when you wake up, write it down. You know, apparently the best way to get that connection to the divine nature that created you is through mind body and soul. So essentially what your soul is feeling, your mind interprets and you write down. That is essentially the fastest way for you to connect 
with your higher self. So take personal inventory, set goals, set, set ambitions, you know, get a dream book, you know, write in a dream book. I want to achieve this, set a deadline, apply positive pressure. Um, it takes, you know, three weeks to develop a habit, three months to develop a routine. And once you're caught in a routine of constantly expanding your comfort zone, taking healthy risks, you start realizing that your comfort zone is getting bigger and that your fears are going to start being fears of much larger proportions in terms of what you want to achieve in life. So essentially you'll be fearing, oh, I fear that I won't make a billion rand income for my business this year or start eliminating fears of the small things and then gradually start expanding your reach of where you want to reach and pull yourself up in life. And help one another, support one another. Yeah, spread the positive energy, share the positive energy because what you give out, you get back. Exactly, you receive. It's like the fragrance that they call, it's called, um, so Kaizen is called self-mastery. It's the DNA for self-mastery is essentially giving. And the interesting part is the Japanese believe when you give, they refer it as a metaphor to the fragrance of a rose, which I spoke of in the previous podcast. So when you give love to another, okay, you give them a rose, you can still smell the fragrance of your hand of the rose that you gave them. You're receiving love from them as well for yourself because it releases oxytocin and multiple other hormones when you give to other people, when you give them a compliment, when you go for a run. Essentially, just pure manifestation of positive energy. So let's start giving to one another. Fantastic. And I think I'm going to start by sending out some positive energy and love to all the beautiful listeners out there. We love This you. was episode... Two of the inside, season one, the inside, season two is going to be the outside from Kai Forster and Cameron Scrub. <laughs> 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 <laughs>